Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I want to start with, this is our theme scripture for our days of consecration. Our theme scripture is found from John chapter 4. And I I only want to read uh, verse 35, Sister Shelley. Uh, I want to read verse 35. I, I think I gave you more verses, but let's just focus on verse 35. Jesus said, say not ye... There are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. I believe there's a harvest in our community. I know there's a harvest in our community because Jesus is telling us that there is. There are people right now That this community is hungry for God. In the Tri-County area of Jackson and and, uh, Washington and Lawrence, there are people within a a 30-minute drive of MPC, not trying to infringe on anybody, but oh, we want to reach our community, don't we? We want to reach our area. And we need to realize that the harvest is ready. But we must be ready as well. So that's what we're going to be doing. And that is talking about ready to mobilize. That's our thought tonight. Ready to mobilize. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, in this time to study, Lord Jesus. Uh, amen. Your word and, and, and to be prepared to go forward And do what you've called us to do for the mission, Lord. You said your meat was your mission, oh God. And it must be our meat. It must be our our desire, Lord Jesus, to be a soul winner, to be, Lord, a disciple maker. Lord Jesus, to see somebody born again in the water and the spirit. We give you the praise for it all in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. Be seated in the house of the Lord today. The dynamic of a church is wonderful in so many areas. The opportunity to attend a local assembly that has Bible teaching and preaching, that has love and has a moving of the Spirit, has dynamic worship, has a great opportunity for just about any age. Amen. That's wonderful that we can talk about what God does in these four walls. And church is important in these four walls. What we do here on service nights and what we do on extra times that we fellowship or activities or 
What we do in this building is very important. This is God's house. Somebody say it's God's house. But there is also another part to our mission. Our mission must not be just simply be keepers of the aquarium, but we must be fishers of men. We must be willing to go out. As Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Amen. So the part of the kingdom is this fact that we must be ready to go, to go out as lambs among wolves, to go out in, in the world that is messed up, in a world that has great problem that we don't have the answer for within ourselves. But there is one who has the answer to every problem that our culture is having right now. And his name is Jesus. For he told in Mark 16 and 15, it is recorded, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have a mission that we must be willing to go out and preach to every creature. And our mission is to go, to mobilize, to go preach, to go teach, to go reach, to go heal, to go and baptize, to go and make disciples. We must be willing to mobilize and do everything we can to be ready to go out prepared. I want you and I to go out prepared. I want us to be ready to be soul winners. Anybody in this house want to be a soul winner in 24? You want to win somebody for Jesus Christ. What would happen if every one of us would win one person? If every one of us would win one person, what would an impact would it have? If we could win one family, one household, hallelujah, we must be willing to go out, but we must be mobilized. Mobilized is a great word. It's an inspiring word. It's a challenging word. It's a, a military word. Amen. I think we've gone from the time of maneuvers and going through processes. Amen. That we've got to say it's war time. It's mobilizing time. It's time to put our actions where our mouth has been. It is time to say I feel the call to do this and I feel the call to do that. It's time to go. NPC, it's time to go. That's why we must be mobilized. The church was never intended to be just simply a religious institution or a Kiwanis club or some kind of club that we could gather together and have a good time. Amen. But we are an assembly of kingdom citizens and we have been called to go forward and to advance God's kingdom through our lifestyle and through our efforts and through our living. We are to go out and be his representatives. Amen. The church has been empowered by God to carry out his wishes. We didn't have the Holy Ghost just simply so that we could feel good and that we could be saved alone. But we receive the Holy Ghost, as we'll talk about more in a moment. We receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that we can mobilize, so that we can go and do the work of God. Jesus said, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We have got an idea that, that he does all the work, 
that he's going to build his church and we sit back and watch. No, he calls us to go. He calls us to be mobile. He calls us to go out. Amen. He has said that we're to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. His mission is to reach the lost. It should be our mission to reach the lost. His mission is to see a world that is going to hell. Amen. And do, do, do something about that. And we must do something about that. A world in a mess needs a church at its best. The world needs a church that is passionate about people and loving people, but not just loving them and accepting them. Not just loving them and saying, we, we want you to come in just like you are and stay like you are. No, we love them to see them changed, to see them believe and then repent, to see them step away from sin. We, we need... A church that is passionate enough to say, I will put in the work, I will put in the time, I will put in the prayer, and I will put in the effort, and I will go. I will go. You and I have a responsibility. Not just a preacher has a responsibility, but you and I have a responsibility. As much as Pastor Dylan and Sister Katie have heard the call to go into the mission field, you and I need to hear the call of Medora and those that are lost and dying and going to hell without God that need, they need their homes to be healed. They need their minds to be set free. They need to be delivered from drugs and alcohol and hopelessness and you and I have the answer. We cannot just simply sit on our hands and say, thank God for his blessings. We've got to go. The lost need a church that is more than average, a church that is more than, than usual and the common and the, the mediocre. The, the world needs a church that's mobilized. Amen. The lost needs a church that walks in divine authority over darkness that can bind demons on the job, that can bind demons, amen, in the world of somebody's life. It is time that we are realizing greater is he. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Come on and praise him in this house. The lost needs a church. It demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. amen. The fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And that demonstrates the gifts of the Spirit. The lost. The lost needs a church that has passion for lost and those that do not know God. Here's what he told us. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. You got to be baptized. I didn't say that. On the screen, the letters are not in red, but in my Bible, they're in red. What does that mean? Jesus said it. Well, he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be Saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. And then he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Do we believe this tonight? In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 
They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It doesn't just say preacher. It doesn't say pastor. It is in my, if you believe. That's the requirement. Do you believe? Amen. You can walk in a divine authority. You can walk in a power. Amen. That can, can perform the miraculous in people's lives. God can put you in a place sometime that you don't even expect it. And the moment will come to light when you can speak a word. A very good dear friend of Sister Gail and I, and of course Bishop Walls as well, was Brother Smith, Brother Bud Smith, Brother Raymond Smith from Ohio, pastored a church there in Ohio. He had a young man in his church that his business carried him on, on travels a lot, so he'd have to travel someplace you know, from here to there. And, and, and the young man was, was a faithful prayer warrior, stayed true to God, even in his travels. And that's tremendous. But we found, uh, Brother Smith was telling us a story that he went to a church one time, and at this church, it was not an apostolic church, and he couldn't find one, so he just went to this church while he was working in a particular location because he felt God called him there. And, and he went, and he heard there was going to be a baptism service. They were going to have a baptism service. And so they got everybody ready, and they were about to bring them through. And this is a church that baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so as they're getting ready to baptize him, the pastor says, God spoke to me right now. And he pointed to that young man and said, he, want, he said, for you to come over here, and say what is to be said over them when they get baptized. And so, according to Brother Smith, he stood by the baptistries. That, that, that pastor was baptizing them, and every one of them, I don't know how many, there were several, that went down in water, that young man said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for the remission of sins, every one of them. And when that pastor got finished, he said, I can say nothing against it because God told me he was to say what's supposed to be said. Let me tell you, God can put you in a place that you got to be ready for, you've got to be prepared for, where you can speak the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. The gospel is a moving message that needs a moving church. God is a go-forward God that needs a mobilized church, that needs a mobilized church. Somebody say, get ready. The process of what we're looking at for this 37 days in mobilized is going to carry us through three areas, three areas, all right? They are on the... On the screen before you, and that is gather. Everybody say gather. Yeah. Prepare, Prepare and deploy. deploy. So the first two weeks, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about gathering, how we need to come together to be unified and get ready by being prepared to go out. <clears throat> Jesus 
did not send his disciples out even before they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. He did not send his disciples out without purpose and without direction. The Bible said he sent them out by two. There was a reason that he brought them together. And when we come together, we're learning about the mission. There is a mission that you and I are called to. And so we want to talk about it when it comes to gathering. We've got to come together. There is nothing that can stop a church that is focused on mission. There is nothing that can stop a church that is focused on the passion of winning souls and reaching forward to the kingdom and reaping the harvest. Don't say that, 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 that yeah, the harvest is coming. It's four more months down the road. It's four more years down the road. It's four more weeks down the road. It's next generation down the road. No, he said, I want you to look at it and it is now. Somebody say, oh, Now. It is time now for somebody to say, I'm going to teach some home and Bible studies this year. I'm going to be active in reaching the lost this year. I'm going to set forth a mission to win somebody. But the Lord wanted his disciples to gather first. He told them in Luke chapter 24 and verse 46, Luke 24 and 46, he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. What name? Jesus. His name. <clears throat> Sister Shelley, I'm going to really mess you up. I want to go back up. Uh, to Matthew 28, 18. And let's look at that first because there, I, I, I'm going to give you a quick side lesson on baptism. All right? Is that okay? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. How many know that he has all power, all authority, everything we need to mobilize, he's got it. Everything we need to be a soul winners in his power. Not in our personality, not in our knowledge, in his power. Whew, that's why I get the Holy Ghost, Brother Chris. So we have his power. All right? Next verse. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, that's what we do. All right, I'm going to show you. Uh, Teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, go back to Luke now, 24. Go back to Luke 24, 47. Luke 24, 47. And this is our Lord speaking again. And this time he said that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So when he said to baptize them in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost, was he contradicting himself when he said, but you're to be baptizing them in my name? What is, the, what, what, what is he saying there? Is 
I'm telling you what to do, Matthew 28, 19. I'm telling you that it's to be done in my name. Amen. It is the name of Jesus that is the authority name. All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. So it is in his name. And a lot of people have been stuck on 2819 and think that that's just the way it's supposed to be done without studying the rest of scripture and going into the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, not one person, not one person was ever baptized with the, 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 the expression in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, sat over them. Not one. But every time, somebody say every time. It will say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord, amen. Every time they are baptized, that is what is said. Why? It releases authority when you say the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's my baptism lesson right there. Let me get back to my mobilized message. But he tells them to baptize beginning at Jerusalem, verse 48, Luke 24, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry. Somebody say, wait. wait. In the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I want you to go into all the world. I want you to preach the gospel to every creature. I want you to baptize them in my name. But before you do, I want you to go gather in Jerusalem. I want you to come together and I want you to pray. So what happened is that when Jesus was resurrected, the Bible tells us that for 40 days, for 40 days, he appeared unto his disciples, teaching them about the kingdom. There are times that he appeared that we do not have in Scripture the story given, but it's given as an overall understanding, is that Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, and before they, they, they moved to, to the upper room, he taught them. He trained them. What was he doing? He was bringing them together to get them ready to go out because they were going to face some demons and some spirits that they had never faced before. They were going to face some challenges and some difficulties that they had never faced before. And beside that, they did not have the power in them. They had the power on them by Jesus' declaration. They could go out and heal the sick, cast out devils, but he said, listen, I'm getting ready to get out of here and you're going to need something when I'm gone. So I need you to gather in an upper room. I want you to stay. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want you to stay until you be endued with power on high. What is he saying? Don't do this on your own. Don't do it on past experience. Don't do it on your past ideas. But I want you to gather and wait until you are endued with power from on high. So prayer meeting Thursday night, what are we going to do? We're going to come and we're going to seek God for the power of the Spirit. Can you lift your hands in this house? Hallelujah. During this time, during these days, I hope we learn that we need to reshape our thinking 
that the pastor does everything. You can heal the sick. You can pray for those that are sick and they recover in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can teach a Bible study and somebody be saved. Who, me? Oh, yes, you. Hallelujah. When you have the word of truth inside of you, you can do that. But first, we need to go gather in an upper room until we are endued with power from on high, until we have gotten that, that, uh, that anointing in our life. Whoo, praise God. So 40 days, Jesus taught them. 10 days, they went and did something else. What do they do? Acts 1 and 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James of Alphineus and Simon Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James. Then what did they do? What did they do? These all did what? Continued with one accord in prayer and supplication and the, and the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. What were they doing? The Bible said that they went daily to the house of God. They went daily into local homes. Amen. They were praying and they were seeking God. Before we go fight and before we go into a world, we had better have an anointing upon us. We had better have words of God in us. We better have an understanding that that, that, that God wants us to reach a harvest and, and reap a harvest because there's 110 years that have been sown in this town. I'm claiming this a harvest year in the name of Jesus. The Bible also, Paul, or rather Luke, rather talks about this as what they were doing in Luke 24 and 50. The Bible said, he led them as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he parted from them and carried up into heaven. This is his ascension. And they did what? They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. They were continually in the temple. What does that mean? They were regularly and frequently in the manner of worship and contact of God without interruption. When we come to the house of the Lord, we need to be ready. We need to be ready and, 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 and have our minds prepared. God, I'm coming to, to receive what I need to be immobilized child of the king. They were continually together at the temple. They were in one accord in the upper room. Somebody say gather. They worship in a corporate setting and they worship in a home setting. 
but they worshiped together. Amen. Oh, then the next few days, you and I would learn the essentiality of gathering together. To gather together so that we can eventually go out. They kept worshiping. They kept praying. And the Bible said, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues of fire, like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What were they waiting on? They were waiting for this. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, missionaries, soul winners. If we don't pray to be a soul winner, we're never going to act on being a soul winner. If we don't plan to be a soul winner, we'll never act on being a soul winner. But if we will pray... If we will be empowered, God will help us. How many of you know right now of, of five people, your family, near your family, that needs God? Five, just five. Amen. Oh, God, help me. Help me to reach one. I'll shoot for five, and I'll, 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 I, I might get some that, that don't stick, but, Lord, I know this. I'll never win anybody if I do nothing about it. I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, what did you do with my deliverance? What did you do with my miracle power? What did you do with my salvation message? Amen. Were you a keeper of the aquarium or did you become a fisher of men? They waited for the promise. You know, Pentecost, we have Pentecost in our church name. It, it, it is not a denomination. It is not a religion. It is an experience with God. Okay? It is an experience that we have with God. So it's important that you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. It is a promise that God gave to us. He said, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody say it's for me. It's exclusive. It's exclusive. For those who believe and obey, they will be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a promise. He said, you shall receive power. Amen. How, is that pretty exciting to think that, that we can have a power unlike anything else? Amen. The promise is exciting. But I need to wait on it. I need to be prepared for it. The promise is also Urgent and near when Jesus said, not many days hence, you're going to get this. But I want you to gather. The promise was expanding. He said, these things are not done in a corner, nor whispered among the redeemed. It should be that we are shouting it from the rooftops. And praise be to God for our live stream. Because I know we are touching people that we may never see. But oh, praise God this year. This year, we're going to do our best to win people online. Amen. That may be in Missouri. That may be in Montana. That may be in Medora. But oh, Lord, help us win people for Jesus Christ. This is the answer that our world is looking for. I can't say it loud enough. I can't say it strong enough. Jesus is the answer, period. Amen. 
begins in Jerusalem, goes into Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, wherever, however. Amen. And the writer Paul wrote in Ephesians 3 and 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. When you know you have his power in you, you don't have to go thinking, I've got to give, I've got to know every answer. His power is in us to anoint us. For he said, you don't know what to speak like as you are, but I'm going to put my spirit in you, and my spirit is going to speak through you. Oh, man, that's, that's exciting. That is exciting, but we got to wait. we got to gather. we got to wait, and we have to gather. Because there will come a time after we've waited and we've prepared and we've planned that we're going to be deployed with an anointing and power. This is what it looked like in the book of Acts. We call ourselves apostolic. It's what it looked like in the book of Acts. 120 was the original nucleus that were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Acts 1, or Acts 2. In, in Acts 2, 41, 3,000, somebody say 3,000, 3, were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus in one day. We find that people added to the daily to the church such as should be saved according to Acts 2 and 47. In chapter 4 and verse 4, 5,000 men plus women and children. Men plus. So we say 5,000. It could have been at a low 15,000. We're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you see that? Can you see that possibility? Well, you say, Pastor, that's great, but that's not happening today. Oh, yes, it is. You know, brother and sister, Spears that has been to our church? Do you realize, I don't, how, how long do they spend in Norway? Bishop, do you remember? 25 plus years? Okay. 25, 30 years they spent in Norway and had only a handful of converts. And people wrote them off and said, well, look at your mission. Look at what you've done. Don't ever think about numbers as being a moniker of success because you don't know what God's doing. Somebody say amen. amen. There was somebody that won this man. Okay. What do you think that man is going to get? It was your brother, right? All right. What do you think that man is going to get when he stands before the Lord? Somebody. Somebody's going to be a Sunday school teacher. Somebody's going to be a, a, a mom at school and trying to help a student some, some, somewhere. But can you imagine that many people filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized? Do you, how can you baptize thousands of people in Jerusalem where there's really no great water source? Oh, yes, there was. They had literally hundreds of you see, the Hebrews believed in sacramental, uh, sacram, uh, what's the word? Sacramonial baptisms that they would administer themselves. And all around the temple were these pools and these places of baptism that they could have easily baptized thousands in one day. 
Why do you think the Lord sent it to Jerusalem? Well, that's where it started, and that's where God works in a great way. We find in Acts chapter 5, verse 14, multitudes were being saved. Acts 6 and 1, uh, additional, uh, it went from addition to multiplication. In Acts 6 and 7, religious leaders were converted. In Acts 8 and 12, Samaritans were saved. In Acts 8 and 38, uh, uh, yes, Acts 8 and 38, Ethiopians were saved. We find that in Acts 9 and 36, entire towns were coming to Christ. In Acts 11 and 21, a great number of Gentiles became Christians. In Acts 13 and 12, a Roman procurer believed and was saved. In Acts 14 and 1, large number of Jews and Greeks accepted and received the gospel message. In Acts 16 and 5, the church was increased daily in number. Amen. In Acts 16 and 33, the keeper of the jail and his house was saved. In Acts 17 and 12, prominent women that began to follow Jesus Christ were saved. In Acts 18 and 8, the ruler of the synagogue and his households became believers. Let me just tell you, when you get the Holy Ghost and you understand your calling, let us go out and find somebody to be born again of water and of the Spirit. Praise God. Somebody say amen. amen. Gather. Be filled. Gain power. And this power of the Holy Spirit that came upon them was great power that made a difference in their ministry. Before, Peter was a messed up man that denied Christ. But afterwards, Peter was the one that preached the message of redemption in Acts chapter 2. We find that the Holy Ghost power broke down barriers. You, you know what will break down racial barriers? The Holy Ghost. You know what will break down prejudice? The Holy Ghost. You know what will break down bigotry and all this justice mess that people are trying to, you know what will fix that? The Holy Ghost. The, for, for the phrase, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the, of the earth must have shocked the disciples' minds because in their mind, it was only for Hebrews. It was only for Jerusalem. Amen. It was only for a certain nationality. But our Lord come to break barriers, to break down barriers of nations and cultures and creeds and colors of skin. Amen. He came to do that. Oh, I know sometimes we say, Lord, what's going to help this mess? Ah, yeah, I know. There's a Holy Ghost power that will help us. How are we going to navigate a cultural issue like today holy ghost power just to carry in your position as principal thank god for the present situation that you're under but the day may come you got to navigate all these new things that they're throwing out i'm just going to say this and go on but i hope we never have kitty litter at medora Thank you. We need a Holy Ghost empowerment in our ministries. All our ministries that are going to be coming together in the next few weeks and months as we begin to unfold our mobilized plan. Amen. I want to take enough time to do it right. 
But we need a ministry that says, God, we will go out. And we're going to not only go out, we're going to go out having miracles, signs, and wonders that walk with us. The Bible said about the lame man being healed. Do you know what that was? That was the precursor to 5,000 men being baptized and saved. It was the lame man healed that did it. Amen. Believers were added by the shadow. Amen. Of the apostles passing by as the sick were healed. Miracles happened in the ministry of Philip. Amen. Revival breaks out in Samaria. Many in Joppa believe because Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. Amen. I want to tell you there is a miracle power that God wants to work through us in our mission. So we mobilize by three things that's intentional for us. And that is gathering together. Let's come together. Let's pray. Let's seek God and let his power come back on us. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost and, 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 and with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, I want to tell you it's not some weird psycho gift. It's a life-changing yes. gift. Amen. You see, there is, I did baptism. Now let me do a side message on, I, I wasn't here last week. Y'all give me a break. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible said, God said, you're going to die. But they didn't die. So something had to die with them. I believe it was their spirit connection. All men has been created with that place that is missing, and it's in our spirit man that puts us and God together. Adam and Eve lost that. But on the day of Pentecost, it was brought back so that you and I could have our spirit come alive. It's a great thing to understand. His spirit comes into me. And so his spirit works with, with, with my understanding and my soul. So between all of my emotions and all my makeup, if I've got his spirit living inside of me, it helps me know how to live. Yes, Can somebody say amen? amen? Mobilize through coming together, through preparation, and then deployment. Anybody ready to go out in some form or another? God is going to call us to prayer. Amen. God is going to call us to a new season of prayer, into a new set of prayer, into new ideas of prayer. Because if we don't baptize ourselves with prayer and baptize our mission with prayer, we will go out frustrated. But in prayer, we can be deployed with power. Stand with me, please. Lord, you have called us to the mission field. Lord, we, we believe in global missions. We support global missions, God. We want to send out global missionaries. But I think the time is upon us, Lord, that we must send out local missionaries, that we must send out, Lord, uh, men and women that are prepared, Lord Jesus, that are ready, that have things in their life, Lord Jesus, in place. They are empowered. They understand, God, that, that, that they are the missionaries to Medora, to Seymour. They are missionaries to Lawrence County and 
beyond, Lord Jesus. We, we've got to be a missionary wherever we go. Let us be mobilized in a force to be reckoned with. A force to be reckoned with in the kingdom of God, Lord, and that the kingdom of darkness cannot, cannot comprehend, cannot stop, cannot overcome. We're going to go forward, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.